Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch, your listen we've got you covered multiple ways Alrighty, today is a big old friday yes sir end of the weekend or end of the week i'm <laughs> just getting to the weekend let's not <laughs> go too quick there Alrighty, so we are continuing on with our NFL Draft Prospect of the Day, Day 26, and we're looking at Travis Etienne today, folks. I mean, he just had his kind of pro day yesterday at Clemson, and he ran that 4-4-40, folks. So that's exactly what you want from your running backs. Really, no running backs run above 440. I mean, that's kind of the bar. That is kind of, you know exactly where you want your running backs to be so this man is quick this man is fast so let's uh break this man down a little bit look at his stats look at his highlights and then we'll watch that 4440 again because i want to see the speed i want to see the speed uh so we got that today on the show uh breaking down a full slate of nba we're jumping right back into the swing of things here 11 games to break down so um we have our work cut out for us today with that um, and that's, uh, that's really it. So let's, uh, start the show with our stories of the day in the first one. I mean, two major deals right off the rip today. We'll do the other one in a minute, but the first one up cam Newton back with the Patriots. How crazy I did really, I really did not expect this to happen, but cam Newton got another one year deal with the Patriots. It's close to $14 million. Now that is very incentive heavy because I mean, you're not really going to pay this man $14 million based on what he did last year so now it all comes down to is this a good signing for new england well i didn't really love what cam newton did last season and cam newton's not a quarterback that can elevate not great receivers to great receiver status he, he can he just cannot do that he didn't do that in carolina he definitely did not do that in new england and now is new england are they going to go out and get wide receivers are they finally going to get wide receivers is this the season 2021 bill belichick finally not only drafts a wide receiver but drafts an actual good wide receiver because they've kind of been swinging missing on every single one of their offensive draft pieces honestly so uh, it's kind of a head scratcher I really expected the Patriots to go out and get um, Mac Jones from Alabama to be their quarterback. So maybe this is just kind of, let's have Cam Newton one more year while we get Mac Jones in here. Let's train him. Let's get him kind of implemented into the game. Let's have him learn under Cam Newton. Let's have him kind of just be that backup quarterback to learn for one year. And then we start him next year because, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. What did Cam Newton do this year? Nothing. He had eight passing, he had eight passing touchdowns. I know he had rushing touchdowns. So that's fine. But what, what do you have, 11? 11 rushing touchdowns? What do we got here? Uh, rushing touchdowns. He's at... 12. He had 12 rushing touchdowns, but eight passing touchdowns. That's not going to get it done in this league, obviously. I mean, they went, uh, the Patriots were what, seven and seven and uh, nine last season? Nothing great at all. So just Cam Newton from last season, seven and eight in his 15 games started. 
65% completion percentage, which is great. It was basic. It was honestly, it was actually, not honestly, it was actually his highest completion percentage or second highest he's ever thrown. 67.9 or 67.9 was his highest. 65.8 here. So, hey, the completion percentage was there, but look at this yards. 2,600 yards? That's what he's got passing? I mean, we need you to pass the ball. I mean, he's not the best runner. He's not like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes anymore. He's got to kind of be more of a passer than runner in his kind of back half of his career here he's a little older now he's been in the league for 10 seasons so he can't be that running just a run, pure running quarterback what did he have for rushing yards anyway let's get that uh, 592, so that puts him about, what do we got, 3,000 yards total? I mean, once again, just not really that great. I mean, passing quarterbacks, I want you to be at 4,000. So I need you to give me 4,000 yards. If you're going to be a running quarterback, I need you to get 4,000 yards between the run and the pass, and Cam Newton's at like 3,000. So there's still another 1,000 yards that needs to be out there for Cam Newton. And not only did he only just throw eight touchdowns, he had 10 interceptions, folks. That's not good. You don't even have a one point. No touchdown to interception ratio. That is purely trash. I don't care what anybody says. That is the definition of trash. Touchdown to interception ratio, 8 to 10. That cannot happen. So don't really get it here. He, he wasn't even clutch. I mean, there was a couple of games I remember um, against the Seahawks on the one-yard line. He couldn't get it done. He tried to run it. They stuffed him. And then when I think it was against the Bills or maybe the Jets, something like that, where he had the ball last and they were driving down the field and they got into the opponent's territory and they were at like the 30-yard line and he ran the ball and he fumbled and he lost the game for the team, his team right there. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? So don't really love the sign here for Cam Newton. I'm glad he's getting another chance. I would love to see this man be great again absolutely I would love to see that don't think it's going to happen um and let's um like we said because they don't have the receivers so are you gonna am I expecting to see the Patriots draft a wide receiver first round not really so let's kind of go to see because I still think they're gonna take Mac Jones so let's see if that's a plausible theory here if New England could because they are the 15th pick kind of very center right in the center of the draft order so let's see if New England can still get Mac Jones we'll put him at Let's just say for argument's sake, we're going to put Mac Jones at maybe the fourth best quarterback in the draft right now. I'd probably put him at three, possibly rivaling two. Trevor Lawrence, obviously, number one. We've got um, a lot of people like, um, I'm blanking on the name, Ohio State's quarterback. Hang on, I think I got it up. One second. Um... Justin Fields. A lot of people like Justin Fields. I'm not a big fan of Justin Fields, but you know, a lot of people have Justin Fields as one of the main quarterbacks taken. And then a lot of people have Zach Wilson over Mac Jones um, as well. I think I'd take Mac Jones over Zach Wilson. So let's just say for argument's sake, Mac Jones will be the fourth, fourth quarterback taken in this year's draft. So let's see if there's four teams that are drafting before New England that are going to get all four of those quarterbacks. Maybe, you know, New England was just like, hey, we have to get a quarterback. Let's just get Cam. He was here last season. Let's look for a quarterback next year in the draft or something like that or maybe let's just get a very very big project at quarterback at some point in the draft so let's see what we get here Jacksonville at number one is obviously taking Trevor Lawrence there's no doubt there 
Now the Jets, ah, man, I don't know. I mean, do they stay with Sam Darnold? Let's just say they stay with Sam Darnold. I really don't think a quarterback in this draft class is better than Sam Darnold. Um, Trevor Lawrence obviously is, yes, but he's not going to be their number two. Um, I really do not like Justin Fields, folks. I truly do not. I don't think he's clutch. I think he turns the ball over way too much. I just don't think he's that great. I don't think he should be that heavily elevated to like a huge, great, first round second pick overall quarterback I don't think that's it so let's just say New England keeps Sam Darnold Dolphins are obviously he's sticking with Tua um, Arthur Blank says Atlanta is still having Matt Ryan Cincinnati just got their quarterback Philadelphia just got their quarterback Detroit has a new quarterback who says that hey they they still may take one but for right now they do have a starting quarterback in Jared Goff so we can keep it there Carolina I still think they're sticking with Teddy B so I don't have them taking a quarterback Denver they may take a quarterback depending on what's going on with Drew Locke um but I think they get another weapon here uh so I uh, does that let's just say let's have Denver taking a quarterback we'll have Denver taking quarterback so that's two quarterbacks off the board Dallas they just paid Dak Giants we just read that Dave Gettleman is all solid on Daniel Jones 49ers they've been in the quarterback discussion but it seems like if they're going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo they're going to go after one of the bigger names of Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson they're not really going to draft a quarterback uh the Chargers they've got Justin or Justin um Justin Herbert is his name first name Justin? That didn't sound right. Uh, Minnesota, I think they're rocking with Kirk Cousins for one more year. And then here we get New England with still two quarterbacks, uh, you know, still two quarterbacks to go. Only two quarterbacks taken. So, you know, realistically, Mac Jones is still going to be there at number 15. Now if we just go back and give... Who was it? Who was it that was going to take one? Denver. Um, so we got Denver taking a quarterback. Jacksonville taking a quarterback. And we can also say that... Um, was that the only two? Just Denver and Jacksonville? Oh, and the Jets. We can just say, you know, maybe the Jets take Zach Wilson, that's three, and then Mac Jones is the fourth best quarterback, as we said, and only three teams ahead of New England take quarterbacks. So I still think the Patriots are going to take Mac Jones. I feel like Cam is kind of going to be the starter slash kind of mentor of Mac Jones this season. So, um there it is, folks. Cam Newton back with the Patriots. I don't really get it. I don't really like it. They still don't have the receivers. And if they're going to take a quarterback first round, now we've got no first round wide receiver talent. Once again, kind of blowing it. Um, and then we have this quick highlight package. Let's just watch it real quick. I mean, this is what the NFL tweeted out. Just kind of a nice minute 40 clip of just his best plays. And that's just, yeah, escaping the pocket against the Jets for a 10-yard dump over the middle of the field. Nothing really great here. Um, he, he, you know, he, he's big, he's six, five, two fifty. I mean, he can escape the pocket and not be brought down in the pocket. I mean, that's, that's the best thing about his game going deep here against the Seahawks. What a beautiful ball. I mean, this, we know he does have the accuracy, but is it consistent? We know he can do this whenever, and this is a beautiful ball. Don't get me wrong. Truly. This is great. Um, let's count the yards, throwing it from the 15 yard line. Getting it all the way down to the 30. Holy moly. There's Julian Edelman there laying out the catch. I mean, who's going to make those catches? Who's going to make those diving catches? Then we get uh, Cam Newton running past everybody. I mean, we know he's a better runner than passer. We just looked at his stats. I mean, he had eight passing touchdowns and 12 rushing touchdowns. And that's what we expect him to do. How much can he keep it up longer for? Like we said, he is going into his 11th season in the league. Already against the Texans going deep, and that's a 50-yard bomb. Absolutely fantastic. 
Perfect. I mean, that's perfect. We know this man's got the deep ball accuracy, but once again, consistency, clutchness, that's what we didn't see from him this year. I mean, let's just kind of just quickly go to um, – I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but um, let's just quickly go to what New England did. Did they Were they even competitive against kind of the top-tier teams this season? As we said, they only won seven games this season, so nothing really great. So once again, let's kind of close it out here. Who were the teams that they were competitive against? Alrighty, they beat the Dolphins week one with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, then they lose to Seattle week two, and that was the one that they were on the goal line at the like one or two yard line, and Cam Newton couldn't run it in, so couldn't be clutch in that game. Then they beat the Raiders. All right, not really a quality win, noting the totality of the outcome of the season. Then they lose to the Chiefs, not really competitive, only put up 10 points. That's not going to get it done. You're not going to win a game against the, the top-tier teams in this league by scoring under 20-plus points. It's not going to work. So only 10 points for the Chief, against the Chiefs, and they allowed uh, 26. Then they lose to the Broncos only putting up 12 points then they lose to the 49ers only putting up six points then they lose to the Bills close 21-24 but I think this was the game where he had the chance at the end of the game to go out and win it and then he fumbled the ball so two not clutch games here let me make sure this is it because I'm almost certain it is um can we get the play-by-play -play breakdown right here we get a fumble somewhere <clears throat> Um, yeah, right there, right there, <laughs> forced to fumble. He fumbled on the Buffalo's 19-yard line with 37 seconds left, and they're down three, folks. They were only down by a field goal, and he fumbles the ball. They were That's guaranteed overtime, and he fumbles. So wasn't clutch at all this season, or just initially in the first half of the season, because this was what, week... Um, this was week eight. So the first half of the season, the man was definitely not clutch. Then the scoring output definitely picked up in the back half of the season. So this is what we see here. They put up 20, uh, 30 points against the Jets and get the win. They put up 23 points against the Ravens, get the win. They put up 20 points against the Texans, then they lose. They score 20 against the Cardinals and win. They score 45 against the Chargers um, and win 45 nothing. And then the last four games of the season put up three against the Rams, 12 against the Dolphins and lose, nine against the Bills and lose, and then end out the season with 28 points against the Jets. But, I mean, against these top-tier teams who are barely putting up points, they put up nine against the Bills, uh, three against the Ravens, I mean, six against the 49ers, 10 against the Chiefs. So just the scoring output is not there. The man needs wide receivers because, I mean, these eight passing touchdowns, it's not going to get it done. Alrighty, let's move on to the other quarterback that got signed again, Tom Brady. He got a four-year extension that puts him to, to the 2022 season. And this is the thing about kind of the lowering of the salary cap. Teams that are just kind of going crazy on kind of their structuring of the contract. I mean, Dak's like, uh, in Dak's contract, he got a uh, no franchise tag clause but for in order for that to happen they had to actually franchise tag him this season so he cannot be franchised during the during his contract extension and now we get Tom Brady signed to four more years but realistically it's just like uh what do we what do we get to here by Adam Schefter the Tom Brady extension saves the Bucks 19 million against the cap this year the additional voidable years are there to defray the cost it was an, uh, another effort from Tom Brady to keep as much of the team together as possible so 
I mean, just this kind of structuring in the language in the years, but we're voiding some in the trade clause, but we're actually, or we're in the franchise tag clause, but we're actually franchising tagging you. So, um, you know, this lowering of the salary cap has all these kind of lawyers going at it in these contracts of just trying to get it done. And, you know, all right, we'll give you four years, but we're voiding too. And it's just a lot of just language here. So Tom Brady playing until 2022 here. So an extra couple years here, or just an extra year here on his actual contract. And why not? I mean, he just won a Super Bowl his first year. He literally can do anything he wants now. He got the monkey off of his back year one going to Tampa Bay. It was just like, all right, I got to get at least one ring. Doesn't matter when I get it, uh, but I'm running out of time. I've given myself, you know, at least uh, at minimum two years to win a ring. So I got to win a ring in that time frame. And now we did it year one. So he's like, all right, yeah, I'll play two more seasons. I don't care. It doesn't matter now. I've got the ring. I've already proven it. I've really got nothing left to prove, but I can add some cherries on top of the Sunday, and I'm trying to go 12 cherries deep on top of this Sunday, folks. So Tom Brady's back for more years, unfortunately for everybody. Unfortunately, if you're not a Bucks fan at the current moment, it is just truly unfortunate for the rest of us. <laughs> um because this man's great he's right in the clutch folks you can never bet against him we learned that last season Alrighty, Texans are signing running back Mark Ingram, and this is solid. This is a definitely solid pickup for this Texans team. But the one issue I have with it that the Texans didn't even run the ball, and they had good running backs. They had David Johnson, that was their main guy, but they only ran for 691 yards. You don't even have that thousand-yard rusher. So yes, you're getting a good kind of second backup, or you get kind of getting a second back here. Definitely, definitely a solid kind of back here. We saw him split carries with the Saints. We saw him split carries three ways against with the Ravens here this season. That's why he only had like 300 yards rushing. But he's definitely solid and reliable, and he's definitely kind of a great backup running back to kind of just take the pressure off of your main running back. But the Texans didn't run the ball last season, so you know if this kind of goes into kind of our thinking, is the next story up? Uh, this is the next story up with Deshaun Watson. You know, we all know that saga that's going on. That Deshaun. Watson's probably not going to be there next year so maybe they are going to finally start running the ball they've got two great running backs right now just start running the ball that was kind of their problem just relying on Deshaun Watson way too much yeah you had these great wide receivers but you also have some good running backs start running the ball more opening it up for Deshaun Watson that's why you won like five games because you were predictable they were you were just going to throw the ball we're just going to play the pass we, we know you've got good running backs but you don't utilize them so we're not going to play the run here um so maybe that's part of their plan. Let's start running the ball more. They've got the running backs to do it. All right, and this is, uh, I want to bring this story up because I don't like the language some teams and owners and coaches are using to talk about their players and this kind of relates back to our story yesterday when we were talking about what Matt Rule was saying about Teddy Bridgewater that it didn't really convince us that Teddy that Matt Rule was all in on Teddy Bridgewater even though he should be because we get this quote here by the new Texans coach about Deshaun Watson and this is a quote uh quote he is our starting quarterback right now that's the magical words right now, and it gets even better. Here we go. He is our he is our starting quarterback. Things happen between now and then. We'll see what happens. So this is not this does not give me any kind of um, this does not put my mind at ease that Deshaun Watson is going to be the uh, Texans quarterback next season. First of all, he's our starting quarterback right now. I hate that right now. No, no, no. He's our guy. That's a, when when you ask about a starting quarterback, all you should be saying is yes, he's our guy, a thousand percent. I trust him. We believe in him. We're moving forward. 
forward with him. He is our guy. He is going to lead us to a championship. He is going to lead us to an undefeated season. He is going to lead this team this season right now and for the entire future. Uh... That's what we're going to do. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to hear. The enthusiasm behind it. Not, oh, yeah, he's our quarterback right now as of, you know, <laughs> as of March 12th at 12.20 p.m. Right now, he is our quarterback. Yes, right now, he is our quarterback. Um, if you go in the locker room, you will see him. He is our quarterback. It's got his name and QB1 right next to it. So, yes, right now, he is our quarterback. If things happen between now and when the season starts, oh, well, I don't know. Things happen. That does not give me me any promise so Deshaun Watson I think he's out I think he's out just based on this quote which we kind of knew I, I really I mean Deshaun Watson is really going to be playing hardball I mean we see him he's coming out publicly and saying yes I'm cool with losing all this money every single game I've got no problem with that so um, the language here, you got to listen to the language. We predicted Kenny Galladay not getting his free agent or not getting franchise tag because of the language that the general manager and Dan Campbell, the head coach, were using. So you guys can kind of see the writing on the wall, the, the language. Look at the language. Look at these quotes in depth. Deshaun Watson's not going to be a Texan next year. They're gearing up for a good running game with David Johnson and Mark Ingram. Alrighty, those are the NFL stories, so let's kind of shift over to the NBA and kind of some trade rumors um, as the trade deadline approaches here. Uh, we get a report that the Bucks, Lakers, Heat, and Nets are in uh, the running for P.J. Tucker. Now, P.J. Tucker, he's sick of the Rockets, and I would be sick of this Rockets team too. I mean, like, we had it. We literally had it. Victor Oladipo, John Wall, Christian Wood, and DeMarcus Cousins on the backup. And then Christian Wood went down, and then they're starting to trade DeMarcus Cousins. So P.J. Tucker's like, I'm out. I mean, we were doing good, and we were going to try to kind of face this kind of rebuild without James Harden, and we could have actually kind of done something this season. But now everything's kind of done to crap. Everything's really gone to crap they've got no great bigs anymore and pj tucker wants out the man wants to compete for a ring and i don't blame him now when we break down these kind of four teams that they're kind of saying here bucks they don't need another big they've got the beef they need outside scores so pj tucker's not really going to help their team the man averages like six points a game that's not his game he's a Good. He's a great, I'll call him a great, beefy defender. He's like 6'8". He, he just plays pure defense. He's not there with the points. He he gets like six rebounds a game. He's not tall. He's 6'8", like we said. So he's just a solid defender out here. That's all he is. So that's the Bucks don't need that. They need outside scoring. Uh, the Lakers now. Yeah, he could go to the Lakers. I mean, having kind of running the second team with Montrez Harold at the five and PJ Tucker at the four, I would all I'd be down for that. Absolutely. Kind of just great uh, beef for the bench. And then, you know, you have Alex Caruso being the guard, Kyle Kuzma off the bench as well, or Taylor Horton Tucker off the bench as well. So they could have a decent squad here off the bench if that's what the Lakers decide to do. The Heat, yeah, I mean, he could definitely work there as well. I mean, Bam Adebayo and Kelly Olenek, kind of the main fives and just having him, he could probably, he might be able to squeeze into the starting lineup for the Heat. It would be kind of close to kind of see what they do for their rotations, but definitely him coming off the bench with the kind of the second team of Tyler Hero. You've got the great three-point shooting. you got just a great defense and kind of decent beef down low for kind of a second unit. So the Heat could definitely work. And then the last team, the Nets, I mean, do they need another piece? No, I don't want him to go to the Nets. That's just too much. It's uh, it's going to be a little unfair at some point if they're getting all this kind of great talent. Um, so 
I would say the Lakers are definitely a great decision, great place, and so can the Heat. I mean, the Heat team, they're great, folks. They're back, folks. They are back. Stop with that kind of first half of the season narrative, the first half of the first half of the season narrative where Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic were both out and they were losing games and Paul Pierce goes on television every day saying that they're not going to make the playoffs for some reason because that's what they do there. They, they say nonsense on national media for some reason. Um, so... P.J. Tucker leaving the Rockets, great. I'm over the Rockets. We bet we've been over the Rockets ever since Christian Wood went down, and we saw the writing on the wall. We've been over this Rockets team, but definitely like P.J. Tucker, great defender out here. Can really help any team. But the Bucs, stop this, stop. Don't go to the Bucs, please. <laughs> Don't go to the Bucs or the Nets. Lakers, he I'm fine with. Alrighty, and this this March Madness is gonna be wild, folks, because we get another game postponement. The ACC announced that tonight's Georgia Tech versus Virginia game has been canceled due to a positive test within Virginia's program, and now uh, Virginia Tech will or Virginia probably won't make the tournament if they even make the tournament, just on whatever their record is or however they decide who who gets in and who gets out. But if they get in, they probably won't be able to play because of this positive COVID test. I mean, selection. Sundays when the brackets made I think we're talking about games either Tuesday or Wednesday coming next week so and this is what we just saw with Duke the other day they kind of got canceled out of their tournament as well because of you know COVID and now they probably won't make the tournament either so it's not looking good folks it's falling apart very very quickly here unfortunately so not great hopefully it still happens hopefully <clears throat> Alrighty, more rumors here, and this one I really don't get. Uh, the Phoenix Suns could pursue Andre Drummond. What? What? You got DeAndre Ayton. You got Jay Crowder. You got Frank Kaminsky. What more do you need? You don't need Andre Drummond here. Um, if he and if he even if he does play, is he, is he going to come off the bench? Because I don't think he wants to come off the bench. He's not going to start. He's going to take DeAndre Ayton's spot. Um, maybe he is he going to go play the four and take Frank Kaminsky's spot? That could happen. Um, Andre Drummond's playing a lot of min minutes off the bench. He's basically kind of like a starter out there. So really don't get here. The Phoenix Suns pursuing Andre Drummond doesn't really make that much sense to me. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, everybody wants Andre Drummond. He's probably the biggest kind of piece out there at the trade deadline. He's probably going to be the biggest name to get traded. So we'll see where he goes. I really don't see him going to the Suns, honestly. I just don't think they've got their great. They've got great bigs. You've got three great bigs. DeAndre and um Jay Crowder's fantastic, and Frank Kaminsky is kind of coming into his own this season. So um, I don't really get this uh, Andre Drummond to the Suns rumors. Do not get that. All right, and then the last story to talk about. This one's fantastic. Karis LeVert is finally making his Pacers debut tomorrow when they play. So that's definitely going to help out the Pacers a little bit. Is he going to be starting? We'll see. Um, he's a shooting guard, and he's great. He's putting up like 18 points a game, six uh, like six rebounds or six assists, something like that. But this man could definitely ball. We just saw him kind of really emerge last season in the bubble that really kind of just put his name on the map. And then he continued it this season as well before he got traded. So absolutely fantastic. Averaging 18 points a game is absolutely magnificent here. Um, so, you know, this is what the Pacers need. They need something. I don't know if it's going to be this kind of shooting guard that's really going to put him over the top. I really think they also need like another great big as well. They got Miles Turner, but other than that, I mean, 
we're talking about Sabonis at the forward. Yeah, he's a solid four, uh, but you need kind of a better big to come off the bench and help out Miles Turner a little bit. So uh, Karis LeVert should help the Pacers. Not sure how much. I mean, this Pacers team still isn't good, uh, but uh, Karis LeVert, probably the second best player on this Pacers team. Now, besides Sabonis, you got Karis LeVert. So we'll see him tomorrow in action. Finally, uh, the debut has been put off a little bit, but it's finally here starting tomorrow. And this is probably the best time to get a back. You know, the second half of the season. Um, let's see if the Pacers can kind of turn their season around a little bit because we know they have not been competitive in the slightest against kind of the top-tier teams here. So, Karis LeVert with the Pacers back tomorrow. Alrighty, those are all the stories we needed to talk about, so we'll head over to what happened yesterday in the NBA, as we said, a full slate of games, so we'll quickly kind of, you know, get an, uh, an overview of what happened, then we'll go a little bit deeper into the stats, then we'll do our moneymaker for today's action, and then we'll do our NFL Draft Prospect of the Day, so here we go. Let's uh, start off by saying, did y'all double your net worth yesterday? Absolutely fantastic. We told y'all Nets minus two and a half was the best bet we have seen. We always bet the Nets. We always follow the points. And they were facing the Celtics last night. And the Nets go out there and they win by 12 points. Absolutely fantastic. For, so the Nets, we told y'all, we felt so strongly about it. We said to bet everything you own, all of your money that you own, to bet it on the Nets. That's minus two and a half. So hopefully y'all did that and just doubled whatever you have. And that's fantastic. So well done. Now our other picks, we didn't hit. Unfortunately, we were close on some. But, uh, you know, the one that we felt the most strongly about, that was the one that hit. So I can live with that. We went officially one of three on the day or one of one, one of four. One win, three losses. Uh, so we went that, but we hit our bonus hockey pick. We hit the Capitals plus one and a half, and they win 5-3 outright. So fantastic there. Maybe we should start talking hockey a little bit more here. Maybe we know <laughs> maybe we know hockey a little bit better. Uh, but let's jump right into it. Here we go. Pistons, Hornets. Uh, this was one of our moneymaker picks. We had the Hornets minus four and a half, and they win by three. Shucks. I mean, they had a big old lead in this game. Um, this just kind of the Pistons started to come back a little bit. Jeremy Grant had a great night, 32 points, eight rebounds, four assists. So Pistons kept it a little close, but the Hornets end up getting the win, which is kind of what we expected. So just missed the mark there by a point and a half, unfortunately. Alrighty, then we had the Nets and the Celtics, and the Celtics kept it pretty close the entire game. The Celtics got out to a nice start. The Nets didn't get out to that great of a start, but then Kyrie Irving took over in the fourth quarter. Really was just kind of clutch and on all throughout the game, so fantastic. Um, Laundry Shaman as well had a fantastic game. He had about like six or seven threes, I think, which really kind of helped the Nets. Uh, but, um, I mean, they're deep, folks. That is what we're talking about with the Nets. They are deep. We had to rely on Shaman. It wasn't even Bruce Brown. It wasn't even um, Joe Harris. We had to rely on Shamit. They are deep, folks. No Kevin Rant. Really no problem. They don't need Kevin Rant. Kevin Rant is a luxury to the squad. So, Nets get the win here. Marcus Smart's first game back, it wasn't that bad. Um, still not in the starting lineup, which again, what we predicted. Uh, so, the Nets win 121-109. Minus 2.5 for the Nets. Yes, sir, folks. Yes, sir. Alrighty, this was another moneymaker pick. Here we go. Hawks and the Raptors, and Hawks win by one on a buzzer beater by Tony Snell. Yes, sir, we'll watch the highlight when we get to this game. But uh, we chose Hawks minus three. They win by one. Once again, just losing by that kind of close two points, unfortunately. 
Um, but very well done to the Hawks. And what about this Raptors team? Holy moly, didn't have Fred Van Vliet, didn't have Pascal Siakam or OG Ananubi, and they still are very close and competitive in this game. So shout out to Norman Powell, shout out to uh, Kyle Lowry, and we'll see who else kind of stepped it up here um, in kind of this kind of off the bench, needing to step up when our starters are not here. So we'll shout out some of those players for keeping the game close. Alrighty, Magic in the Heat, and Aaron Gordon was back, and uh, did not have a good game, but uh, Vucevic still had a good game, Aaron Gordon did not, Heat get the win, 111-103 over the Magic, and this is what we're talking about, Aaron Gordon and Vucevic really do not work that well together, they they really don't put up, you know, 25 points both consistently together when they're both on the floor, so we'll see what's going to happen to this Magic team now that Aaron Gordon's back, we wish they would get better, but um, they did not, well, Aaron Gordon did not work last night, Vucevic still had a good game, but uh, Aaron Gordon just could not get it done, I think he had like 9 points or something, not great, but very well done for the Heat, staying on track here after the All-Star break. All right, then we get the 76ers and the Bulls, and a big old win by the 76ers team without without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So what the heck are the Bulls doing? Letting us down a little bit here. Um, and kind of, once again, kind of validating our decision to leave them out of the top 10 going into the All-Star break and giving that kind of spot to the Mavericks. So the Bulls, man, truly disappointed. You cannot lose to the 76ers team without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, or at least be a little bit more competitive. I mean, you lost by 22 points. You lost 127 to 105. What is that that's a blowout folks come on bulls are better than that we'll see uh what happened with zach levine and kobe white if they didn't step up or what happened but unfortunate there <clears throat> Alrighty, we stayed away from this one. We we were this close of taking the bait, but we stayed away from it. So it did kind of pay off for us staying away from it. Uh, Knicks lose by big old margin, 33 points over the Bucks. Now we saw the Knicks were getting like 10 points, plus 10 points in the spreads from yesterday. We chose to stay away from it because, I mean, uh, overall this is a mismatch, first of all, Bucks knicks And uh, the Knicks, they need everybody to play and everybody to be good. After the All-Star break, we weren't really relying on them. And good thing we stayed away from that because the Bucks absolutely destroyed the Knicks 134-101. Alrighty, look at this. T-Wolves get off their freaking big old losing streak right after the break here. Uh, winning 135-105 over the Pelicans. So a 30-point win. Oh my goodness. And the main difference in this game was one team hit 19 threes while the other team hit six. I'll let you decide which team hit what because we get a nice 30-point blow here. So Pelicans, man, super disappointing. You cannot lose to this Timberwolves team. They don't even have D'Angelo Russell back yet. So unfortunate, man. This Pelicans team, I don't know what to make of them. They're so young and just nobody steps up on a consistent basis. Zion Williamson's usually pretty great every single game. But then Lonzo, Eric Bledsoe, they really cannot be great guards out here. They don't really do anything that well. So, man, oh, man, Pelicans not getting wins out here. Truly frustrating. Alrighty, Mavericks Thunder. Thunder win 116-108 over the Mavericks. No Luka Doncic in this game, so we wouldn't expect the Mavericks to win it anyway. Alrighty, then our last pick in our moneymaker, Warriors Clippers. And man, oh man, a huge blowout win for the Clippers here. 130-104 over the Warriors. We had the Warriors plus 7. We thought they'd be a little bit more kind of competitive after the All-Star break. But man, oh man, the, the supporting cast for Curry just did not get it done. And we are going to have a kind of a clip of Curry barking on the bench. These kind of new players, these new guys here. Like, can y'all be a little bit better out here? Like, we come from success and winning and winning cultures. And we know what it takes. And y'all 
y'all are just kind of trash out here on a nightly basis. It's literally just me, Kelly Oubre Jr., never anything great. Andrew Wiggins is decent, but he also could be a little bit better. Um, Kevon Looney, James Wiseman, what are we doing out here? I feel like it's just me and just everything I do. It, uh, our success depends on me dropping like 50 points a game, and I can't do it every game. I need some help. I had Clay Thompson to rely on, you know, most of my years out here, but I can't rely on anybody out here. Kelly Oubre, what are you doing? Damn. So we get that to look at. Because they ruin our freaking moneymaker. The other ones were close. We really just beefed it here with this Warriors plus seven pick. Gave them a little bit too much credit there, unfortunately. Um, so we won't make that mistake again. I can tell you that. Alrighty then, Suns Blazers. Suns winning 127-121. And the Blazers had kind of a firm control on this game kind of throughout until the fourth quarter where Devin Booker just kind of went a little crazy with some threes and some nice clutch shots. Same thing with Chris Paul. He had a clutch three in this game late in the fourth quarter. So, Suns, they rally at the fourth quarter exactly when you need points to be put up the, uh, put up on the board. The main scores of the Suns team get it done. So, unfortunate for the Blazers. Now, they did keep it competitive, which is always great. I mean, when you're facing a great team, you know, the Suns 25 and 11 I mean just be competitive obviously we want you to win the game but at least you're competitive there you only lose by six you didn't get blown out by 30 like the uh, like, like the Warriors did like the Pelicans did like the Knicks did like the Bulls did you didn't get blown out so that's great but we would like you to win some of these games but uh decent showing out here by the Blazers just couldn't really close out the game unfortunately and then the last game of the night, the Rockets and the Kings, and the Kings win 125-105 over the Rockets. Of course they did. We really should have taken the Kings in this one. Um, we really kind of beefed that opportunity last night as well. So, unfortunate there, but this Rockets team is so freaking trash. We know they. we can never. We'll start betting against them every single time now. It doesn't matter what points. We'll swallow it. It doesn't matter who they're facing. We'll swallow it. We will never take the Rockets ever, and we will always bet against them from here on forward. You understand me? Alrighty, let's go a little bit deeper into these stats now. We'll start back up at the top to the Pistons and the Hornets. So here we go. Let's start with the Hornets since they won the game. LaMelo Ball, very light night. Not a great night by him, but they still get the win. Seven points, but nine assists and five rebounds. So not bad there. Did not shoot well. 27% and one to five from three. Not great there. Uh, Terry Rogier really stepped it up in the fourth quarter. He had 12 of his 17 points in the fourth quarter. Um, really just came alive there. Really kind of helped seal this team because Lamella Ball didn't have that great of a shooting night. And Terry Rogier didn't step it up until the fourth quarter. But Cody Zeller, 15 points, 7 rebounds. Not bad there. P.J. Washington, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists on 60% shooting. And Gordon Hayward with 17 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 assists. Didn't shoot well, 26%, but the points were there enough for the kind of for for this team to overcome the lack of points of LaMelo Ball and Terry Rogier, and really just their lack of scoring off the bench. They had Miles Bridges with six points and eight rebounds off the bench. The eight rebounds is not bad. Malik Monk with nine points, just short of that double digits. We do want to see you in double digits. But the nine's not bad there. Uh, Devontae Graham, seven points, six assists. And Cody Martin with only five points and two rebounds. So really uh, kind of got bailed out here by a poor scoring night by the Pistons. Uh, this Hornets team, though, LaMelo Ball, first kind of bad game as a starter. I think we'll give them a pass there. All right, now the Pistons now. Jeremy Grant, 22 points, led the team in – or 32 points, led the team in scoring. And just really nobody else steps up. So 32 points for Jeremy Grant with eight rebounds and four assists. 
And then we get Sadiq Bey, who is kind of, you know, who we think their second best player is. He was the second best scorer here. 14 points and three rebounds. Didn't shoot well, 36%. Uh, Mason Plumlee, 9.8 rebounds. Savi. Mikaluic. I don't know. I know I butchered that. But uh, Savi. 11 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, and then Dylan Wright. I mean, 5 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds, and then just nothing great off this bench. Uh, just really lackluster scoring throughout here. And this is what we know about the Pistons. They don't have that second player to go get you the 20-plus points that you need. So Hornets get a little bit bailed out here. Um, just a little bailed out here. They had the they had a command in this game, but a uh, nice little fourth-quarter rally by this Pistons team almost, almost upsets them. Alrighty, now let's go to the Nets and the Celtics. Yes, sir, the Nets get it done. James Harden, 22 points, 8 assists, 10 rebounds. He didn't shoot well, actually. 37% and 1 of 8 from 3, so he had a lackluster night. But don't worry, they've got other players to rely on. And other players rely on, they did. Kyrie Irving, 40 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists on 65% shooting and 5 of 8 from 3. The man was absolutely on all game. Very well done. DeAndre Jordan, 4 points, 8 rebounds. Joe Harris, 12 points, 3 rebounds. He shot 3 of 9 from 3, so definitely could have been a little, a little bit better there. And Bruce Brown had 4 points and 3 rebounds and 2 assists. So, a little lackluster by Joe Harris and Bruce Brown and maybe even James Harden with the shooting department. But then it's alright, folks. They are still deep. No worries. Laundry Shaman, 18 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds off the bench and 6 of 9 from 3 shooting. Fantastic. And they had Jeff Green, 11 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. So, I mean, folks. Bruce Brown doesn't have that great of a game. Joe Harris, a little light. You know, 12 points is still good. A little light on what he's doing, kind of getting us those 15-plus a night. But, you know, we can go deeper and deeper. We they, They're deep, folks. They're deep. We know they're deep. We say they're deep. We love that they're deep. That's why we bet them because if James Harden doesn't have a good night, it's Kyrie Irving. If it's not Irving, it's Joe Harris. If it's not Joe Harris, it's Bruce Brown. If it's not Bruce Brown, it's Landry Shaman. If it's not Landry Shaman, it's, you know, Tyler Johnson or Nicholas Claxton or Jeff Green. Um, and they still don't have Kevin Durant. So, yes, folks, we love this Nets team. One of the deepest teams I think I've ever seen in my life, honestly. Alrighty, now let's go to the Celtics now. What went wrong with them? Well, Kemba Walker's back to not hitting great threes. Here we go. 11 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds on 1 of 7 from 3. Stop that. Um, Jalen Brown, 13 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 of 12 from 3. I mean, Jalen Brown, ever since he's been switched to the 2, he does not work there, man. He played 40 minutes and only had 13 points. He did not shoot well at all. All right, Tristan Thompson still at the five here, 8.6 rebounds. Daniel Tice at the four still, 17 points, eight rebounds. And Jason Tatum still at the three, 31 points, three assists, five rebounds, show, shooting 59%. So, you know, obviously we can kind of rely on Jason Tatum on a nightly basis here. But um, they definitely need Marcus Smart to get back in this starting lineup so, you know, Jalen Brown can go back to, you know, um, the four. Marcus Smart can go back to the two. And Daniel Tice can go back to the five without having to share the floor with Tristan Thompson. So they really do need Marcus Smart back up on this um, 
on this uh, on this starting lineup, or have Jason Tatum go to the four and uh, Jalen Brown at the three. But uh, Jalen Brown at the two does not work, and we're seeing this kind of consistently here. Now, Marcus Smart, in only 20 minutes, had 19 points and two assists and two rebounds and shot three of five from three. So Marcus Smart is really kind of picking up exactly where he left, left off right before the injury. Um, and then look at this, folks. I mean, nothing great off this bench besides Marcus Smart. Peyton Pritchard, three points. Grant Williams, no points. Robert Williams, two points. Jeff Teague, five points, and they all had like 13 plus minutes. So it's just not great here. So this is why we said we love the Nets. First of all, the Nets have all the depth and they have great superstars, better superstars than the Celtics do. Celtics are not deep. Can't really rely on anybody besides Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And even Jalen Brown had a not great game here. So um, Nets minus two and a half. That's all we have to say, folks. Nets minus two and a half. Alrighty, let's move on to Hawks and the Raptors here, and let's start here with the buzzer beater clip. Let's watch it. Yes, sir. So here we go. Seven seconds left. Hawks down two points, 118-120 over the Raptors, and they are inbounding the ball. So here we go. Let's see what's going to happen here. So Trey Young gets the ball inbounds. He dribbles it all the way to the left, draws the triple team, which leaves a wide open Tony Snell at the wing, and that's cash out. Yes, sir. And absolutely love this, the unselfishness by Trey Young. I mean, he could have taken this shot. I don't know. This probably was the play. Whoever drew up this play is fantastic because he literally drew. Did he drew? Did he draw the quadruple team? Kind of drew the quadruple team there. They all collapsed on him uh, for the mid-range two point jumper to tie the game but nobody accounts for Tony Snell on the wing just waiting 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 and what a great pass by Trey Young but let's go back to Trey Young for a second I mean he could have taken that that kind of challenged mid-range jumper to kind of tie the game but he makes the unselfish pass to get the wide open three look yeah I mean we're not talking about tying the game anymore we're going for the win but that's just very well done to Trey Young I mean the vision we love Trey Young this is what he brings to the team great scoring I think he had a great night I think he had like 30 plus points and then just the unselfishness he could have taken this slash shot I mean I could I could tell you a lot of players that would have taken the shot Kyrie Irving's probably the first one he would have taken that contested jumper there to tie the game um but uh, the unselfishness, man, love Trey Young, absolutely. So very well done to Trey Young, Tony Snell, whoever drew up that play. If that's what the actual play was, absolutely fantastic. So let's talk about the stats now. We'll start here with the Hawks. Trey Young, 37 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Shot 2 of 7 from 3, so not the best there. Got to the line 16 times, which we know that's what he does decently. But I don't want to hear it. I mean, James Harden did that for 10 years, and everybody praised him for it. So I don't want to hear it. Uh, Kevin Huter, 19 points. Exactly. Very well done. Shot 3 of 9 from 3. 37% overall. Not great, but still the scoring department's got to be there. That's what this Hawks team is missing. The lack of scoring besides Clint Capella and Trey Young. And really even John Collins because he's not the most consistent. Uh, so great night by Kevin Huter. Clint Capella, 9 points, 19 rebounds, 7 of those rebounds offensive. I mean, when you don't have OG Ananubi and you have to start Aaron Baines at the 5, uh, it's not the best. It's not the best. Um, all right, John Collins, 13 points, 8 rebounds. And Tony Snell, 6 points, 2 of 3 from 3. And one of those threes was the game winner. Yes, sir. So half of his points attributed to winning the game. How crazy. 
Alrighty, off the bench, they did get some decent contribution here. Daniil Gallinari really stepping it up here. 20 points off the bench, 60% shooting, very well done. And then Solomon Hill, 9 points, very close to those double digits with the 2 rebounds. So... Hawks just escaped barely with the great kind of clutchness of their players. Fantastic. But a little concerning that they did this, you know, that they were this close against a Raptors team without Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. So let's see who stepped up here for the Raptors. Kyle Lowry was still in the starting guard position, the starting one. So he was, you know, a still starter out here. Uh, 17 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds. Just a great night. I mean, Kyle Lowry's the kind of single-handedly most consistent player on this Raptors team and really is the main reason for a lot of their success here so got to shout out Cal Lowry whenever he can and he had a great night with 17 points and 12 assists didn't shoot well but other than that it was a great night by him except the nine turnovers as well maybe that was <laughs> maybe that wasn't too great nine turnovers holy moly um all right DeAndre Bembry has to step up in the starting position for Fred Van Vliet and he only had nine points one assist five rebounds uh shot 44 percent not the best um, Aaron Baines now back in the starting lineup for OG Ananubi, 11 points. He did have 15 rebounds and seven of those offensive. So actually not a bad night. Shot 26%, not the greatest. Um, overall, they were kind of locking up each other, um, at the big positions. All right. Then Stanley Johnson has to kind of fill in as well. 11 points, two assists, four rebounds, shot 57%. Not bad there. Um, and then Norman Powell. I mean, you can always count on him to really step it up when kind of some of the uh, some of these starters are not in the lineup. So Norman Powell, 33 points, four assists, three rebounds on six of 10 shooting from three and 55% overall from the field. So actually not bad there. And then they got a great big contribution off the bench by Chris Boucher, 29 points nine rebounds two assists two steals two blocks and only yeah 30 minutes off the bench but two of four from three and 66 percent from the field so absolutely magnificent there um just ends up coming up a little bit short here you, you lost by a buzzer beater it's unfortunate but it happens sometimes so hawks with a nice clutch win here 121 120 still yeah i mean this really even though the hawks win it's um, it's it does not make me feel any better of this Hawks team and that they kind of improved over this All Star break. So, still not loving this Hawks team. I want to love this Hawks team, very close to loving this Hawks team, but gotta see some other players step up consistently. Alrighty, moving on to the Heat and the Magic now. Let's start with the Heat since they won. Alrighty, Jimmy Butler, 27 points, 11 assists, and 8 rebounds. Just absolutely magnificent. He's so freaking consistent here. And he goes and scores a lot of points because that's what is needed in this game. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, he can go for the 25-plus or he can go for, you know, the solid 15 with, you know, still the same amount of assists and still, you know, kind of just being the great defender, great kind of facilitator on the floor. So we, Jimmy Butler is truly a jack-of-all-trades. He had to pull out some of these points here to help him out to get the win. Alrighty, as we said, no Bam out of bio, so Kelly Olenek slides over to the five, and he actually had a good game here. 20 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2, two steals, 1 block, and he shot 4 of 8 from 3. So not bad there by Kelly Olenek. Kendrick Nunn, 13 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds, shot 50%. Duncan Robinson, I mean, this man never steps up, man. Uh, 9 points on... 25% shooting, 3 of 12 from 3, and that's all of the shots he took. And it's just kind of frustrating how he still isn't that kind of consistent, man. Um, Duncan Robinson, truly, truly unfortunate. And then KZ 
Okpala. Akpala here. He gets into the starting lineup for only 11 minutes, 5 points, and 3 rebounds. Alrighty, now off the bench, Goran Dragic, 11 points, 5 assists, a little light, um, but then Tyler Hero, 17 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds on 46% shooting, 1 of 7 from 3, jeez, not great, uh, but some decent bench scoring here, a great kind of takeover performance by Jimmy Butler, enough to get the win over the Magic, now let's see what happened to this Magic team, Michael Carter-Williams, 17 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, not terrible, pretty decent night. Dwayne Bacon, 21 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds. Alrighty, I can get behind that. Uh, Vucevic, 24.17 rebounds. Classic Vuce game here. And then we get Aaron Gordon. Man, oh man, 9 points, 2 rebounds. He was on a little bit of minutes restrictions, as we see, only 13 minutes. Uh, but shot 37%. So didn't make the most of his minutes out there. We'll see how he kind of keeps developing his game to get it kind of back to where it was. Back to where he was with the minutes kind of column. Um, shouldn't take him too long. He should be back, you know, probably, you know, another game, another two games, and he's back to playing, you know, 30-plus minutes. So, All right, and then Al Farouk Amino, no points. One assist, three rebounds on seven shots. He shot 0%, folks. Not great. And then we get uh, Ken Birch off the bench. No points on six shots in 22 minutes. But he did have 11 rebounds, so I will give him that. But we need points out here, folks. We cannot have two players all with 20-plus minutes putting up no points and going, you know, 0 of 7, 0 of 6 from the field. It's not going to work. Um, Chasing Randall, nine points, five assists. Chuma Okiki, 7 points, 5 rebounds. Gary Clark, 8 points, 5 rebounds. Mo Bamba, 8 points, 5 rebounds. So the bench actually didn't do that bad of a job there. Um, multiple players just underneath that double-digit scoring. So they kept it a little close here. We'll see if the Magic can kind of keep up this performance. I mean, this is kind of what they're going to have to do on a nightly basis. Obviously not the 0 points by El Camino and Ken Birch, but I mean... The 20 points by Vucevic and Dwayne Bacon. You know, you get Aaron Gordon with those 20 points as well. And then just solid production off the bench. Very close to nine or very close to double digits in the points. But still, you know, having five assists or five rebounds with your nine or seven points. That's not bad to hear by the Magic. So, um, we'll see if the Magic can get back on track. Uh, obviously, they need Aaron Gordon to play a couple more minutes here to get back in their rhythm. Uh, but we'll see what happens when this man is kind of back at full capacity. Alrighty, let's go to the 76ers and the Bulls now. The 76ers without uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and they get the win. So let's see who stepped up here. Did Seth Curry and Danny Green have great games? Well, let's see. Seth Curry, 12 points, 7 assists. Not terrible. 1 of 6 from 3. Awful, awful, awful. Um, the assist is fine with 7, but 12 of points. Man, you have points need to come from somewhere without Joel Embiid on the floor. 12 points is not going to get it done. But let's see who else uh, pulled out. Um, Matisse Dibuel, 13 points, 5 steals, 4 rebounds, shot 50. I mean, he shot 100%. He made all the shots, so fantastic work. Tony Bradley steps up at the 5 for Joel Embiid, and he had 14 points, 5 rebounds. Not terrible. Once again, he shot 100% as well. Why are we getting bench players stepping up into the starting position and shooting 100%, while Danny Green and Seth Curry are both shooting 33%. Unbelievable. I cannot believe it. Tobias Harris steps it up, 24 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds on 53% shooting, 1 of 3 from 3, not bad. Um, and then Danny Green not stepping it up here, 9 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds. I guess he played decent defense. He was a plus 21, so I I'll give him that. 
But man, you're lucky other people were stepping up in the scoring department because they had some nice, uh, actually some great contributions off this bench. Shake Milton, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, fantastic. Dwight Howard, 18 points, 12 rebounds, absolutely magnificent. And then we get Furkman, uh, Korkmaz, 16 points, 4 assists, 3 steals. Fantastic work. So, I mean, they're lucky that they had three great bench players stepping it up. Um, Danny Green, man. Man, oh, man. Three of seven from three. Is that good? It's not bad, I guess. Ugh. I want to see, like, 20 points by Danny Green and just shooting, like, five of five from three or six of seven from three, six of eight from three when the players are not stepping up or when the players are not there because of COVID. But overall... A great night. I would say this is a great night for the 76ers team without their two best players on the floor. Alrighty, now we go the to the Bulls now. Why did they not win this game? Um, Alright, we get Zach Levine, 19 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds. He shot 1 of 5 from 3 and 43% from the field, so not great. Kobe White, 18 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds. He shot 4 of 7 from 3, not bad. 43% overall, but uh, Zach Levine and Kobe White both taking 16 shots, both making 17 of those 16 shots, and we know they need to kind of both go for like 25 plus a night. Um, so unfortunately, couldn't get it done there. Wendell Carter at the five, eight points, nine rebounds. Laurie McCarnan, Mark Cannon. 23 points, 4 rebounds. Kind of a great night by him. He shot 72% and 7 of 7 from 3. Holy moly, great night. Um, fantastic, absolutely. And then uh, Patrick Williams, 4 points, 4 assists. Not great there. All right, off the bench, they only had one great scoring production. And who do you think it was, folks? Come on, it's our 6th man of the year candidate, Thaddeus Young. 14 points, 2 assists, 8 rebounds on 66% shooting. Fantastic work. Um, but unfortunately... Uh, the 76ers were a little bit deeper. I mean, holy moly. I mean, we had Matisse Dybul, Tony Bradley, Shake Milton, Dwight Howard, and Furkman, Furkin Korkmaz all stepping it up. That's five bench players all stepping it up, folks. That's absolutely magnificent. Truly well done by the 76ers. Truly impressive, honestly. Um... I was thinking about moving them up, maybe a spot in our power rankings just on this performance, but, I mean, they're number three right now. really can't move them up anymore. Um, but just, once again, once again, fantastic performance by the 76ers. Alrighty, now let's go to the Bucks and Knicks. We'll go here with the Bucks first since they won. Giannis, triple-double, 24 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds on 66% shooting, and he hit one of one from three. Yes, sir. Cashed out one and says, I'm done for the day. I got my one. I'm out. So fantastic. And he hit seven of seven from the free throw line. Alrighty, Giannis. All right. We see you out here. Alrighty, and then we get um, their second leading scorer was actually Brian Forbes off the bench with 21 points. <laughs> Wild. Uh, Chris Middleton, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. He shot well, 66%. Uh, Brooke Lopez, 14 points, only 3 rebounds. Dante DiVincenzo, 11 points, 8 rebounds on 33% shooting. Once again, not great. Drew Holiday, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists on 55% shooting. Not bad. DJ Augustine, 12 points, 3 rebounds. 
And that was really it. So not bad overall by this Bucks team. Nothing great. I mean, solid all around. The nice Brian Forbes, 21 points. That's a little unexpected. Chris Middleton only putting up 14 points is a little disappointing. Uh, but he only took nine shots and shot 66%. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it, it was efficient scoring, just not a lot of scoring. And then Dante DiVincenzo still really not doing great out here. One of four from three, three of nine from the field overall. A little light, so let's see what happened to this Knicks team. Julius Randle, oh my goodness, seven points, a little bit of an all-star hangover. Now, he did have six assists and eight rebounds, which is good, but shooting 25% for only seven points, not going to get it done. RJ Barrett still stepping it up here, 22 points, five rebounds, two assists. Alfred Payton put up 10 points and 5 rebounds. Nerlens Null only 2 points and 1 rebound. What the heck was he doing out there? Getting absolutely locked up down low by freaking Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Reggie Bullock, 8 points. Once again, not great here. So the starters did not have a great night. But the bench did decent here. We get Alex Burks here, 17 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds. Emmanuel quickly, 15 points, nothing else, shot 30%. So, you know, 15 points is good, but everything else definitely needs to be a little bit better. Taj Gibson, 7 points, 5 rebounds. And Obi Toppin, 10 points and 5 rebounds. So, overall, it was kind of the lackluster of the starters. No Derrick Rose really kind of hindered them. And Julius Randle having a little bit of an all-star hangover. So, we'll give the Knicks maybe a little bit of a pass here. But we can't have another kind of 30-plus blowout here again. Cannot have that. Gotta start being competitive. Alrighty, Timberwolves and the Pelicans. Now we have I gotta start with this Pelicans team because I have to know what happened here first. Um Zion Williamson leading score by far, 24 points, five rebounds, two assists on 69% shooting. Always efficient out there, truly. Brandon Ingram, 13 points, four assists, three rebounds, a little light, one of six from three and 35% overall. Definitely need him in 20 plus uh scoring as well with Zion. Uh, Steven Adams, great night, 13 points, 12 rebounds, seven of those offensive. And now we get, you know, Eric Bledsoe, one of eight shooting from the field with only two points. Oh my goodness, trash. And Lonzo Ball, 10.7 assists, not bad, not terrible. Shot 25%, three of 12. So once again, not great shooting, not efficient. And that's the main problem of this kind of, um, um, Pelicans team, they've got no really outside shooters consistently here. Brandon Ingram's probably their best outside shooter, and even he has some off nights. But uh, got to rely a little bit more on Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball to step it up in the scoring department, and they really have not. Um, unfortunate. Now, they did get some decent contributions off the bench. Jackson Hayes, 11 points on 5 of 5 shooting in only 11 minutes. Fantastic. Uh, Kira Lewis Jr., 11 points, 3 steals, 4 assists, 2 rebounds in 22 uh, minutes. And then we get Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. So, overall, not bad from the bench, but, I mean, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, not putting up any really decent points. And Brandon Ingram, a little light on what he's usually putting out there. So, unfortunate there by the Pelicans. No consistency there. And that's why we don't really believe in them too much. Now, let's go to this Timberwolves team. And, oh, my goodness, did they get great contributions all throughout this. Um, 
Anthony Edwards, 27 points, loving it. I mean, this is what this this is what this team can do when Anthony Edwards has a great night. Uh, 27 points, three steals, two assists, four rebounds on 45% shooting, but the points was there. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, 16 points, seven rebounds, so very light by him, and they still get the win. Wild. Ricky Rubio, six points, eight assists. A little light on him as well with the points, but the eight assists is there. Um, Jake Lightman, 12 points, two rebounds. And then Jared Vanderbilt to round out the starters, only two points, but they got some great contributions off this bench. Jaden McDaniels, 20 points, four rebounds, fantastic. Jalen Noel, 28 points, six assists, five rebounds, led the team in scoring off the bench, absolutely fantastic. And then they get Naz Reed with 15 points and four rebounds. So, I mean, folks, we're talking about like 60 points just by three players off the bench. That will get it done on a nightly basis, I can guarantee it. So, very well done by this Timberwolves team. Can they kind of turn this thing around I mean as long as Carl Anthony Towns has a couple of uh, more points here maybe a little bit of a better game I mean if this bench can keep it up if uh, Anthony Edwards can keep it up we're talking about a decent solid team here so we'll see what happens as they kind of move forward after the second half of the season starts alrighty now we go to the Mavericks and the Thunder Thunder winning 116-108 Shea Gales Alexander is, you know, still picking up where he left off. 32 points, 6 assists, shot 50%. 1 of 5 from 3, not great. But uh, overall, the points were there. Theo Melendon, 11 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. I'll give it to him. 44%, not terrible. He hit 3 of 4 from 3, so we'll give it to him. Al Horford, 21 points, 9 rebounds. Great game. Alas, Alec Sej Porkusevski. Um, 14 points and nine rebounds or eight rebounds. I mean, great, good game. I know I butchered the name and I'm not going to try and pronounce it again. We'll call him AP. <laughs> um, and then Lugan Stort, 14 points, five rebounds, shot four of, uh, four of seven from three. So not terrible there. Overall, not a uh, actually kind of a great game by the starters. Everybody in double digits. You got your 30, you got your 20, and everybody else with 11 plus. So that's all we're talking about here. Solid contributions off the bench. Moses Brown, 8 points, 12 rebounds. And Isaiah Roby, 9.6 rebounds. So overall, a great game by this Thunder team. Now let's talk about the Mavericks now. Obviously, as we said, no Luka Doncic, so we really don't expect them to win. Also, no Kristaps Porzingis, so once again, we don't expect them to win. Uh, so Jalen Brunson, 26 points. He really steps up as the uh, as the guard here. 26 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds. Josh Richardson, 27 points, 6 assists. He steps it up as well. Unfortunately, Willie Cauley-Stein cannot get it done. Zero points, 4 rebounds. Maxi Kleber, 14 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Not bad. Four of six from three, kind of great. And then Dorian Finney-Smith, six points, eight rebounds. I mean, if he stepped it up, man, if Dorian Finney-Smith steps it up, which we know we know he really never does, this team could have won. They could have won without Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, and it would have been a great win, and I probably would have moved the Mavericks up maybe a spot. Oh, yeah, I would have moved them over the Celtics all day. Um, unfortunately... Um, he doesn't step it up there. Dorian Finney-Smith, truly unfortunate. Six points on 28% shooting. Not great. Now, they did get great contribution from Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench. He This is where he works. He works off the bench, folks. 24.6 rebounds on 38% shooting, so not efficient, but the points were there. Unfortunately, Dorian Finney-Smith just could not get it done. 
All right, let's move on to Clippers and the Warriors, and we got to go to this film, folks. Here it is, Steph Curry on the bench. Like, can y'all please step it up? Come on! Literally, you can see the veins popping out this man's neck, talking to Kelly Oubre Jr. and Andrew Wiggins. Like, y'all are so fucking trash, yo. I, I was winning titles after titles after titles and dethroning the king and recruiting Kevin Durant, and now I got y'all trash buckets over here who can't even be competitive or can't even be consistent. It's all me. It's all me. It's all me out here. Man, I could feel Steph Curry's uh, frustration. I felt it because we had the Warriors plus seven, and they got blown out by 30-plus. Oh, man, so we need something on this Warriors team, man, somebody to step it up. So let's start with the Warriors to see who did not step it up. Alrighty, Steph Curry, 14 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds. Definitely light on what he did. Only 1 of 8 from 3, so obviously he wasn't on. The whole chemistry, whole momentum of this team just was not on all night. Kelly Oubre Jr., 15 points, 6 rebounds. He shot 1 of 5, so once again, not great like Steph Curry. He did shoot 7 of 14 from the field, though, so not terrible there. Kevon Looney, 2 points, 5 rebounds. Once again, not a great big down there. Draymond Green, 12 points, 1 block, 2 steals, 2 assists, 3 rebounds, stat sheet, stuffing there. 2 of 3 from 3, absolutely fantastic. He shot the best from 3, wild. Um, that cannot be happening on this team. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, 15 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, 41% from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, not terrible. Um, just kind of very lackluster night here. Everybody with only, you know, 14, 15, 12, 15 points. Um... Yeah, not really great. Steph Curry didn't step up. Kelly Oubre Jr. didn't step up. Andrew Wiggins didn't step up. Now off the bench, we get uh, Nico Manon, 10 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds. Jordan Poole, 14 points, 4 assists. James Wiseman only played 12 minutes. He had 14 points and 7 rebounds. Fantastic work there. Um, so the bench, not bad there. Three players in double-digit scoring. I can get behind that. Just a rough night from Steph Curry. Kelly Oubre Jr. doesn't take it upon him uh, himself to step it up if Steph Curry doesn't have a good night and Andrew Wiggins doesn't step it up even though he has the ability to. I would trust Andrew Wiggins to put up, you know, 25-plus, maybe even 30 points a night if, uh, you know, Kelly Oubre Jr. and Steph Curry are not on, but he cannot get it done either. So just nobody could get it done. Unfortunate for that Warriors team. Now we go to the Clippers now. Kawhi Leonard. All-star break does not affect him. 28 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists on 58% shooting and 5 of 7 from 3. Fantastic. Paul George, 17 points, 3 steals, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. Kind of actually good night by Paul George as well. On 35% shooting from the field, five, 3 of 6 from 3. Not terrible overall. Uh, Patrick Beverly, three points, no assists, no rebounds. He only played 10 minutes. Serge Ibaka, 16 points, 14 rebounds. Yeah, sir. Okay. Serge with the 16 points. Absolutely fantastic. And then Nicholas Batum to round out the starters, eight points, two rebounds on 60% shooting. Now, off the bench, did they get anything great off the bench? Well, uh, Marcus Morris, nine points, and Lou Williams, 14 points, and Zubak, nine points, three rebounds. And um, Luke Kennard, eight points, two assists, two rebounds, two steals. So not bad overall here by the Clippers. Main two, get it done. Kawhi, Paul George, and everybody else kind of fills in decently. Uh, just unfortunately, the Clippers did not have that you know 28-point performer like Kawhi Leonard. And that was kind of their downfall a little bit.
Alrighty, let's finish out these last two games. Here we go, quickly. Suns, uh, Blazers. This was a great game, truly a great game. Um, this is why we love the Blazers so much because they can hold their own against this best team. And once McCullum and Nurchish come back, folks, they're going to start winning some of these games. So watch out for this Blazers team. Uh, but let's start talking about the Suns team real quick. Chris Paul, 19 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 of 4 from 3. Clutch 3 in the fourth quarter as well. Devin Booker, 35 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, shot 57. 7% in three of five from three clutch threes in the fourth quarter as well. DeAndre Ayton, 11 points, only four rebounds. Not the best night by him. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, two points, no rebounds, one assist. Oh, boy, not great night either. And then McCall Bridges, 18 points, two assists, and four rebounds on 80% shooting. Holy moly. Good night there by the kind of some nice starters there. They all kind of scored decently, so we'll give them it. And then off the bench, Jay Crowder, 13.7 rebounds. Cameron Payne, 13.6 assists. And Dario Sarek, 11 points and 5 rebounds. Absolutely magnificent. This is what the bench can do, and they have really been stepping it up consistently. That's why they've been on this big old um, kind of winning streak here, 8-2 and two in their last 10. I think it's, uh well, they just won, so let me refresh it. 9 and, oh, nope, nope. 8-2, okay, they're still 8-2 in their last 10 on a five-game win streak, but uh, that's kind of a huge reason why this bench is stepping it up, three players all in double digits, and that's what we're talking about, folks. Alrighty, now let's go to the Blazers now. Damian Lillard, folks, once again, no uh, hangover from the All-Star break. 30 points, 2 steals, 8 assists, 7 rebounds on 43% shooting. 5 of 12 from 3 is not terrible. It's not great. It's not terrible. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., 17 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds, 31% from the field, 4 of 11 from 3. Once again, just not terrible. Um, and it's Cantor, 16 points, 11 rebounds, 6 offensive. Uh, Robert Covington, 13 points, 6 rebounds. Derek Jones Jr., 9 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds, shot 75%. I just don't know what to make of Derek Jones Jr. I want him to do something more, but he's always usually efficient, but he doesn't take a lot of shots, which relates to not a lot of points. And then he doesn't have a lot of rebounds or assists, but he has decent of each, and it's just, ugh. And then he's minus 15. It's like, ugh, ugh. He's got to figure out something. Maybe move him off to the bench, but you can't really do that because once McCollum comes back, you can kind of move him down to the bench. Move Gary Trent Jr. maybe to the three. McCollum back at the two or McCollum at the three or whatever. But um, Derek Jones Jr., man, I, want, I, I expect more from him. I want more from him, and we're still not seeing it, unfortunately. Alrighty, off the bench, Carmelo, 13 points, five rebounds. 33% shooting, and Anthony Simmons, uh, 10 points, 3 assists on 44% shooting. So, overall, kind of a good game from everybody. Just unfortunately couldn't beat the Suns and couldn't kind of be a little clutch down the stretch. Alrighty, and then the last game of the night, the Rockets and the Kings. Do we even need to talk about the Rockets? I don't even want to talk about them. Victor Oladipo, 23 points. John Wall didn't even play. Coward. <laughs> Coward. Uh, Victor Oladipo, 23 points, 9 assists. Eric Gordon, 17 points. They're not playing P.J. Tucker because they're trading him. Nobody's good here. Nobody's good. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., 13 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him off the bench. Um, Kenyon Martin, 13 points, 9 rebounds off the bench. All right, I'll give it to him. <laughs> Uh, Ben McLemore off the bench, 12 points. I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. I, I'm not giving anybody no shouting out in the starting rotation. I hate this. I hate this Houston team, folks. I truly do. Um, 
Man, oh, man. All right. Now we go to the Kings. And holy moly, great performances here. Oh, yes. De'Aaron Fox, 30 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds on 57% shooting. Buddy Heald, 20 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds on 36% shooting. Raquan Holmes, 20 points, 11 rebounds. Marvin Bagley, 11 points, 7 rebounds. Harrison Barnes, 20 points, 11 rebounds. Oh, my gosh. Yes, sir. And then they even got great bench contribution from Corey Joseph with 13 points and three assists and four rebounds. Yes, sir. All right. Kings, everybody in the starting lineup getting it done. Absolutely magnificent. Wow. All righty. That's how you have some starters out here. Houston, this is what you do. 30, 20, 20, 20. Holy cow. 20, 40, 60. That was 90, 101 points just by their starters alone. Wow. The starters out, almost outscored the entire Rockets team by themselves. Rockets put up 105. The starters put up 101. Come on, folks. Come on. Alrighty, that was all the NBA from last night. Let's see what's on tap today. We got any primetime games on today? No. Ugh. Unfortunate. Alrighty, but some games on tap. We got 76ers in the Wizards, Nuggets in the Grizzlies, Cavs in the Pelicans, Heat, Bulls, Spurs, Magic, Jazz, Rockets, Lakers, Pacers. And I'll tell you right off the rip, we will swallow whatever points it is with the Jazz. Rockets on a back-to-back -back against the Jazz? <laughs> Easy money. Are we going to have a repeat of Nets minus two? We may. We may. Alrighty, so let's head over to our moneymaker. Let's get it going today. Where is the great value? We're looking for it. Let's find it. Here we go. Alright, first game up. Nuggets, Cavs. Nuggets minus three. Or Nuggets, Grizzlies. Nuggets minus three. Ca Grizzlies plus three. Jeez. Um, so interesting here. Um, that seems like good value here for the Nuggets. Let's see. Paul Millsap, game time decision. So not out. It's so a little bit better. Hopefully he's good to go. Gary Harris still out. Jermichael Green, game time decision as well. Uh, for the Grizzlies, just Jaron Jackson is out. So this one's a little interesting here. We just saw the Grizzlies have a great game one back. The Nuggets have not played since the All-Star break. So they're a little refreshed. And honestly, I think I'm ready to take this Nuggets uh, minus three. Uh, I do like the Grizzlies. They are kind of still hovering around 500. They just got above 500 in the last game, 17 and 16 overall. But uh, this Nuggets team, Jokic, Murray, everybody should be good to go. Michael Porter Jr., yes, sir. This Grizzlies team, I mean, they're good and we like them, but they need all their starters to really start to get it done consistently. Now, they did show that out for their first game, but it was kind of, wasn't it like a lackluster opponent? Um, what do we got on Wednesday? Who was it? It was the Wizards. I mean, nothing really great there. Now you're going against, you know, the freaking one of the best teams in the league, the Nuggets. So only had to swallow three here for the Nuggets. It's their first game back. I expect them to all be on. Jokic really shouldn't have that much of kind of a all-star break struggle or hangover or anything like that extra time to prepare I mean you know I mean we're start, we're talking two days of NBA kind of resting still so you had the all-star break and then you had those two extra days to still get into kind of you know momentum and rhythm and all that so Nuggets minus three here we're gonna take that I want to believe this Grizzlies team and this is kind of a game to show us if they want to kind of be taken a little bit seriously here a little bit more seriously as true contenders but they got to beat the Nuggets first but uh, we'll take the Nuggets minus three here. 
Alrighty, next game up, Cavs, Pelicans, Cavs plus seven, Pelicans minus seven, and I mean, what we just saw last night, oh my goodness, we might be taking some Cavs here. Alrighty, Cleveland, Kevin Love, a game time decision, is this going to be his first game back? Matthew Dellavedova, game time decision, is this going to be his first game back? Obviously still no Andre Drummond, but we still got Jared Allen in the starting lineup, so we're not, uh, not worried there. For the Pelicans, J.J. Redick is still out. But, uh, I mean, what a awful performance by the Pelicans last night. Now on a back-to-back, -back, do they step it up a little bit? Maybe. But we get seven here with a well-rested Cavs team. They had no All-Star, so we don't even have to worry about an All-Star slump. Like we said, this Cavs' first game back, we're going to take it. Jared Allen... Possibly Kevin Love, possibly uh, Matthew Dellavedova, and um, who's their main guy? I'm blanking on it. Um... Colin Sexton. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take everybody's going to be on. They keep it at least competitive. This Pelicans team doesn't really blow any teams out. They've shown us nothing great here. So we get seven here with the Cavs. I think that's great value. Let's swallow that up. Cavs plus seven. Alrighty, 76ers and the Wizards now. 76ers minus four, Wizards plus four. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid should still be out, so we will still stay away from them. Um, yes, they are still out. Oh, Joel Embiid is his game time decision. Ben Simmons is definitely out, so maybe Joel Embiid can get back here. But still, as long as you know they're still questionable and all of that, we got to stay away from it. Now, for the Wizards, we get uh, Ish Smith is out and Bradley Beal a game time decision now. If Bradley Beal is out 100%, the Wizards have no chance of winning. But with Joel Embiid and just how well everybody played kind of on the 76ers team, um, not sure if they're going to be able to kind of repeat that performance here on the back-to-back. -back. So we'll stay away from it. Got some great value otherwise in these other games so far. Alrighty, Heat and the Bulls. And ooh, Heat minus two, Bulls plus two and a half. Interesting here. Both on a back-to-back. Um, for the Heat, uh, Bam Adebayo was still out, unfortunately. Not great. And then everybody's going to go for the Bulls. But uh, Heat just have to swallow two and a half here. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Gore Dragic, I'm not really worried about them on a back-to-back, -back, honestly. And just kind of this lackluster production by the Bulls here. Can't trust them. So I think we're going to believe in the Heat in this back-to-back. Kind of crazy. But um, I love what they've been showing. Um, starters or, you know, players out. No worries. They can still get it done. Jimmy Butler still steps up, and uh, we'll take them because uh, who didn't step up here? Goran Dragic had a little bit of a light night. Uh, Duncan Robinson had a little bit of a light night, but I can I can expect them to kind of uh, step it up if they need to in this game. Uh, don't really think they would have you know two light nights on back to back. So can't trust this Bulls team. Think that he had better players. Now Zach Levine may be able to kind of eat down low without um, Bam Adebayo, but I mean the outside shooters of the Heat should be able to kind of you know make up for that. So Heat minus two. Let's take that as well. Alrighty, Magic and Spurs. Magic plus six and a half. Spurs minus six and a half. Alrighty, we get Terrence Ross, game time decision. James Ennis, game time decision. Evan Fournier, game time decision, all for the Magic. And for the Spurs, obviously, LaMarcus Aldridge is out because they're trying to trade him. And DeMar DeRozan is out. So we have to stay away from the Spurs. Not ready to buy this Magic team plus the six and a half yet. Want to see kind of Aaron Gordon start to get a little more acclimated into the starting lineup before we start to take them consistently. So we'll stay away from these, uh, these games. All right, Rockets and Jazz, and uh, are they really about to make us swallow 17 points? 
Are they really about to make us swallow 17 points? Well, here we go for the Rockets. Eric Gordon out. John Wall, game time decision. Victor Oladipo, game time decision. Daniel House Jr. out still. P.J. Tucker is still out because they're trying to trade him. Christian Wood is still out because he's injured. David Waba is still out. Dante Exum is out. I mean, holy moly. And then for the Jazz, everybody is good. So, I mean, folks, do we swallow 17 here? We got to, right? We have to. I hate this Rockets team. They're trash. They're awful. They will be trash and still awful. Rudy Gobert will eat all day. I mean, folks, everybody's just going to eat. I mean, uh, did y'all just hear who's all out in game time decision for this Rockets team? Nobody even wants to play for them. I don't even know if they'll have enough players to play. You need at least eight players to play. I don't even know if they'll have eight. Um, so we'll swallow the 17 and live with the result. I mean, that's all we can do, right? And then the last game of the night, the Pacers and the Lakers. Ooh, Lakers first game back. Let's see what's up with them. Is Anthony Davis good to go, or does he still need a little bit more time off? So here we go. Alrighty, for the Pacers, everybody's good to go besides the usual suspects of TJ Warren, Karis LeVert. We know Karis LeVert is coming back tomorrow. And then for the Lakers, LeBron James, game time decision. Marcus Gasol is out. That's a big out for them. Um, Anthony Davis is still out. Kyle Kuzma is a game time decision. Um, and that's really it. So Marcus all being out now, hopefully Montrez Harrell can get to that starting lineup, hopefully. Um, but we're going to stay away from this one as well, I think. LeBron, I'm sure he plays. I don't know how much of a all-star kind of breaks hangover he's going to have. Um, in this Pacers team, there's really nothing great to take with the plus four and a half. We already got four games on our ticket, so we'll leave it at this. Nuggets minus three, Cavs plus seven, Heat minus two and a half, and then we're just swallowing 17 and a half points or 17 points by the Jazz because we have to, folks. We just have to do it. Alrighty, that's what we got today. Feeling good. Let's uh, let's hit this one. We hit our main pick yesterday, which is, you know, obviously great. When, you know, when we're putting that much kind of talk and faith and, you know, telling you to bet everything you have, puts a lot of pressure on us, folks. But as long as that one pans out, we, we can live with some of these other closer losses from last night. But uh, hopefully we can get back on track here with four straight picking wins. Alrighty, let's go over to our main topic today, which is our NFL draft prospect of today. And today's draft prospect is Travis Etienne, folks, running back from Clemson. Yes, sir. Alrighty, we'll talk about the stats, we'll break down some highlights, and uh, that's what we'll do. So here we go, let's start here. Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson. He's 5'10", 205. Alrighty, good size for a running back here. He played four seasons at Clemson. Alrighty, freshman year, 107 carries. 107 carries for 766 yards and 13 touchdowns. Yes, sir. Fantastic. All right, then 2018, even better. 204 touches. So doubling his touches in the Mad had 1,600 rushing yards with 24 touchdowns. And then he even picked up 78 yards receiving with two touchdowns. Fantastic. Then comes 2019. 207 carries for once again 1,600 yards with 19 touchdowns and 422 yards receiving with four more touchdowns. The man put up 2,000 yards by himself in 2019. Absolutely magnificent. And then 2020 this season, 168 rushes for 914 yards. Wow, he took a big step back here this year, unfortunately. Um, 
but 14 touchdowns still, and then he still had 588 receiving yards on top of that, so still 1,500 solid yards in totality with the uh, 16 touchdowns. So overall, not bad. Those 2018 and 2019 rushing yards is just absolutely fantastic. 1,600? Holy moly. And I understand, you know, with the COVID this season, he did play 12 games for Clemson. I think he played all the games. Uh, but still, uh, almost got to that 1,000-yard mark, and those 1,600-yard seasons are absolutely magnificent. Holy moly. Alrighty, he got the bowl games every single season, so let's see what his production was like in these bowl games now. We we weigh heavy bowl games, folks. You have so much time to prepare. You're facing decent defenses as well. So here we go. Alrighty, is this, uh, what is this? What is this? Is this a bowl game? This is a bowl game. Alrighty. Alrighty, 2017 bowl game against Miami. They get the win, but he only had 24 yards rushing. One touchdown. Alrighty. And then they went to Alabama in the playoffs, and uh, they lose, unfortunately. Once again, only uh, only 22 yards rushing. So didn't really use them too much in those kind of bowl games in his freshman year. Alrighty. We might be able to overlook that a little bit. Let's see what he did in 2018. Back to bowl games, back to the playoffs. Won the national championship. Alrighty, against Pittsburgh in the bowl game, 156 yards rushing, two touchdowns, yes, sir. Then in the first round against uh, in the playoffs against Notre Dame, um, 109 yards rushing, one touchdown, fantastic. And then against the uh, Alabama in the championship game, 86 yards rushing with two touchdowns. And then he ended up catching a pass, one pass for five yards and a touchdown. So three total touchdowns against Alabama. Yes, sir, getting worked in the bowl game. That's exactly what I want to see, relying heavy on your playmakers. And he put up three touchdowns alone, so fantastic. Great 2018 season there. All right, let's go to continue on to 20. 19 in the bowl game they get the win 114 yards rushing one touchdown yes sir all right then in the first round of the playoffs against Ohio State only 36 yards rushing he did score a touchdown and then he also had 98 yards receiving holy moly and two touchdowns wow so once again using him um Absolutely fantastic. Three touchdowns. And then they get to the championship game again against LSU. He had 78 yards rushing, one touchdown, and only 36 yards receiving. So still decent. Uh, he got a touchdown. What happened here? He only put up 25 points. The defense gave up 42. So a little unfortunate there. But overall, I mean, pretty good campaign here. I mean, when you're playing kind of three big games, three bowl games, if you will, um, you know, we can give you a little pass if you're a little lackluster in one of them. But, uh, yeah, not bad here. All right, then we go to 2020. What do you do in this year's bowl games, playoff games? What did he get to? All righty, the bowl game against Notre Dame. Is this the bowl game? This first round of the playoffs? I think this is the first round of the playoffs. Oh, no, ACC championship game. All right. All right. Against uh, Notre Dame, they got uh, 124 carries, one touchdown, yes, sir. And then in the the first round of the playoffs against Ohio State, only 32-yard rushes. He still scored a touchdown and had 64 yards receiving, so overall not bad. They gave up 49 points. Once again, it's just the defense giving up so many points there. They still put up 28 points offensively, so not bad. 
Um, alrighty, so his stats are absolutely amazing, folks. These are great stacks, uh, stats. I mean, these 1,600-yard, back-to-back 1,600-yard rushing seasons. I mean, holy moly. I don't even know why he came back. I would have left after that second 1,600-yard rushing season, honestly. So, absolutely magnificent in the stats. And then we just saw yesterday he ran his 4-4-40 at his pro day. So, let's watch this, folks. A 4-4-40, exactly where you want your running backs to be. You rarely, I mean, very very rarely see any running back run below 440 where we start getting into like you know the 4240s the 4340s that's really just kind of receivers out here don't really see any running backs running 442 4340s i think there was like one maybe one big name that ran it but here he goes here it is let's watch it one more time nice speed here obviously all unofficial because it is not at the combine there is no combine this year unfortunately um, at least I don't believe there is, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, really won us over with that four, four forty. Absolutely. Fantastic. That's kind of why we're talking about him today. Um, alrighty. So the stats are great. The 40 time is fantastic. Um, so let's see all that's left to watch is the tape. So let's see how impressive this man. I do want to just write down these notes real quick that the stats are there. 1600 yard seasons. Absolutely. Fantastic. Alrighty, here we go. Let's run the tape. Here we go. <clears throat> Travis Etienne running back from Clemson. Let's get the number on him just in case we have to track him around. He is number nine. Alrighty, let's see what this man's got. I'm pumped now. I'm pumped. Here we go. Breaking away, tiptoeing the sideline, staying in bounds, and then that's breakaway speed, baby. Yes, sir. He can outrun everybody. So that's that's that four four speed, baby. And just the 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 focus to hit this hole, break out to the sideline, and then just stay on the sideline, not getting pushed out of bounds. Wow, look at him work that sideline. Fantastic. And then just that sheer speed to finish off that last 30 yards with two defenders chasing him. Good luck with that. Alrighty, hitting to the left side again. And look at this man just hits the hole, outruns two defenders right there as they're converging. And this is the type of speed we're talking about when you can hit the edge and quickly get to that small hole before those two defenders kind of converge and cut you off. Like we say, it's the, um, it's the, uh, oh man, I for, I'm forgetting it now, but it's the, um, Indiana Jones sliding under the door just before, um, it closes. He's fully able to get out. That's kind of the speed we're talking about here. Getting between those two defenders before they converge, ripping off the last 30 yards. Nobody can touch him. This man's got great speed. I, um, early on, is he better than Najee Harris? I don't know, man. I think you can make the argument. Absolutely. All right, catching it out of the backfield here, and you got a linebacker on me? No, no, no. What are you doing? I'm outrunning him. That's, oh, my God. Yo, this speed, holy moly. It's coming through on the tape, folks. Truly is. Wow. All righty. I don't think Najee Harris is this fast, folks. Here he is just, oh, my gosh. And the shiftiness. There it is. Hits the hole. Absorbs a little bit of contact right here. And then a nice spin move to find the, the wide open hole there. Wow. Okay. All right. Yo. He's got to be the first running back taken. I don't care. I think I've seen enough already. I've seen enough. He's better than Najee Harris. I'll say it right now. Holy moly. Wow, that spin move. Woo -hoo -hoo. 
Wow. All right. This man's already impressive. I think we're only like a minute into this highlight package. Back, running up the middle, kind of bounces it to the left side, stays on his feet. Oh, he's strong. He's fast. He's shifty. You can't bring him down. Complete package. Let's see, count how many missed tackle. One, two, three. Spins out of that one. Beats um, Beats that last defender the last five yards to the end zone. The speed is there, folks. The acceleration is there. Holy moly. Alrighty, on punt return. He even punt returns. Catches it at the 50. Hits the right side, outruns everybody. Ah, oh, gets brought down at the five. A little bit of a hung up there because uh, just kind of ran into some defenders. Couldn't block him out of the way quick enough. Gets caught from behind. But man, man. Catching it out of the backfield here. Can't get brought down, folks. This man stays on his feet, and now it's a foot race. Can he beat this last defender? Ah, oh, couldn't quite. He obviously, this defender had the angle on him, just couldn't outrun that angle. But, man, oh, man, talk about missed tackles. There's one. There's two. There's three. Bingo, bangle. Speed, acceleration, fantastic. Not being brought down. He can break all the tackles. You better hope you bring him down on the waist. If you're just doing shoestring tackles, he's going to make you pay. And now he is, here he is in open, open field here, open space to speed. Look at him hit it. Absolutely fantastic. Bounces it outside real quick. Unfortunately, just couldn't beat that last defender about four yards short. All right, going to catch this ball. He goes a little bit on a wheel route, and he can catch two. The concentration. This is a tough catch to make. I mean, this is tough for wide receivers. Uh, first of all, great ball by Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely fantastic. But this kind of passing right before when the safety comes over and converges, when you were kind of a step and a half, two steps on the corner, and you just place it right in this nice soft zone here, and he goes up and catches it, or just kind of catches it. Absolutely fantastic. Great concentration. Oh, that's not even Trevor Lawrence out here. Who's this man? Oh, does Clemson have another quarterback prospect waiting in the wings? Holy moly. Wow. Alrighty. That's a good ball. Holy cow. That's a fantastic ball. Wow. Alrighty. Another handoff here. Getting it to the sideline. The speed. Oh, got brought down there, unfortunately. Couldn't break that tackle. That was a good one. Got him around the neck a little bit there. Alrighty. A little bit of a read option. He keeps it up the middle. Oh, Oh, if he was going to shed that last tackle, that would have been fantastic. But, I mean, look at this man. Once again, just hits the hole fantastic. He's leaping over linebackers like 10 yards down the field, still kind of in the thick of all these defenders, folks. He's, he can pull out all the stops. He can spin when everybody's around him. He can hurdle you real quick. Just a simple little hurdle, nothing big, nothing fancy. But it gets him the extra, you know, 10 yards at a chance to score the ball as well. Wow, wow, this man is, folks, uh, this man is, he's probably, and here he is again, oh, down at the three, the man is just getting brought down just short of the goal line every single time, um, hits the hole here, 
hits off uh, once again and just uh, he he'll hurdle you folks he doesn't care if it's like in the middle of the field of play he does not care he's going to hurdle you hurdle them right there just unfortunately the acceleration couldn't get back on track there stumbled a little bit there ugh man folks this man is so impressive holy cow he's got to be the first running back taken folks wow and we still got more to go, folks. A nice little swing route out to the left side. That's where the sheer speed is. Yes, sir. Closing in right before that door converges on Indiana Jones. Oh, my gosh. He's got great speed, folks. Woo! All righty. Once again here, just hitting the hole. And look at this man hit the hole quick and just burst out that other side even faster. Woof! Woof! 20 yards untouched up the middle. Yes, sir. Cash money. Yes, sir. I'm too fast. I'm too quick. Y'all are not. Why are y'all not respecting me? Why are y'all not respecting this man? <laughs> Alrighty. Another pass right here. He caught and man. Oh, man. He's just running up the middle. One defender can't bring him down. Two, three, four. The fifth one finally brings him down. But man, man. Alrighty, running up the middle against Notre Dame. Up the middle, easy, easy. 15 yards, 20 yards, not a problem for this man. On the goal line, gets bounced out and has to kind of bounce it out all the way to the right. Got stuffed up the middle, had to bounce it out right. And he does, and nobody can still catch him or bring him down. It's fantastic. This is fantastic. Woof, this man's going to have a great career, folks. This man is fit. Oh, my gosh. He's fantastic. Great. Unbelievable. Another run up the middle. Touchdown. Easy. That's easy. That one's easy. <laughs> yes, sir. What else he got for us? What else does he got for us? Once again, up the middle. Easy. Easy. Yes, sir. This is in the playoffs game. Yes, sir. Alrighty, folks. I love everything about this man. I love everything about this man. Um, easily should be hands down. I think he can rival Najee Harris, honestly, for the first running back taken. Do not sleep on Travis Etienne, folks. Holy moly. I did not think he was that good, but wow, oh, wow, oh, wow, folks. That's all I have to say. Wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. That's it. That's it. That's the Travis Etienne. Whenever you see him, you're just like, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow, folks. Wow. Surely, wow. Um, alrighty. Let's, uh, that's going to do it for us today. Let's see if anything broke while we were live. Any Travis Etienne news? Did the man already get drafted? I would have drafted him right now. I don't care what the penalty is. I'm drafting him right now. I will give you all my draft picks in this year and next year to draft this man right now. Alrighty. Anything breaking? What do we got? Anything good? Doesn't look like it. Does not look like it. Does not look at it. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Today is um, Trey Lance's Pro Day. Oh, we're going to be looking at some of this tomorrow on the show. Yes, sir. Let me like some of these tweets. Let's get a nice little inside peek right here. Yeah, that was a dart. Throwing darts out here. He's not running a 40, which I'm a little upset about because, you know, he is a kind of a dual threat, and he kind of runs a lot. So him not running a 40 at his own pro day, we're not talking about combine here. We're talking about pro day. 
All right. What else we get here? I like this. All righty. We'll talk about him tomorrow on the show. But nothing else appears. Travis Lance. Good throw here. About maxing out like 50. And I think that's what we said about the man. We'll double check the notes because we have already looked at this man um, in our draft prospect. But we'll keep tabs on him. Alrighty, that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We're back tomorrow with a new draft prospect of the day. Um, and breaking down the NBA. Cashing in that moneymaker, I can guarantee you that. Alrighty, folks, we're out of here.